Continuing with our series on the Psalms in connection with the celebration of Lord's Supper, we're now at Psalm 36 and we'll read that psalm together. Psalm 36. It's to the choir master of David, the servant of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, Psalm 36. Transgression speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated. The words of his mouth are trouble and deceit. He has ceased ceased to act wisely and do good. He plots trouble while on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not reject evil. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast you save, O God. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. Oh, continue your steadfast love to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright of heart. Let not the foot of arrogance come upon me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. There, are, there the evildoers lie fallen. They are thrust down, unable to rise." Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Psalm 36 describes what happens when God's steadfast love encounters the sinful nature of men and women and children who have fallen into sin. God's love manifest in His Son Jesus Christ is like light that shines in the darkness and gives life to all that is dead. It's like the coming of warmth in spring that causes the hard ground and the dormant plants to spring to life. It's like the gracious, undeserved judgment of innocence reaching the ear of a person waiting on death row before his execution. God's steadfast love is unilateral, unexplainable. It's extensive and completely life-changing. And if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you will rejoice with me in the gospel message I proclaim under the theme, In Christ is life, and the life is the light of men. We praise him for giving us, his, us insight into our sinful nature and delight in his steadfast love. If you have the Psalm 36 open before you, you'll see that the first four verses outline the insights concerning the wicked that the Lord reveals to us through the servant of the Lord who sits on the throne of David, like we read in the title. In verse 1, the church describes how the wickedness remaining in the heart of people can be used by the evil one to cause us to transgress or to turn aside from the laws of the Lord. These verses are not just speaking about non-Christian people out there 
who are wicked, but also describe the things that Christians see in their own hearts and are led by the Holy Spirit to fight against. You can even see in the footnote of Psalm 36, verse 1, that it can be in my heart, and that's also how we, we sing it in Psalm, 30, uh, Psalm 36, the rhymed version. It speaks of things that we know about, as you can see also in verses 11 to 12 of the same psalm. When a person is not keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, whether doing so permanently or just in times of weakness, they will see that the inclination of their sinful nature causes them to lose their fear of God. Verse 1. The word used for fear here is the word that means dread, and it's related to punishment. We are inclined by our sinful nature to to paint over sins, to flatter ourselves, to convince ourselves that as for us, we are blameless, as you see in verse 2. The inclinations of our sinful nature lead people into patterns of arrogance and selfishness, rather than in the ways of wisdom and God-fearing deeds, as is explained in verses 3 and 4. It's rare that people who love their sins will see them as sins. That's why our Lord Jesus commands mutual and ecclesiastical discipline in the congregation. Well, armed with the insights of Psalm 36, also into our own hearts, we find that the Holy Spirit is helping us in our struggles against sin in our hearts and in our lives. The Lord is teaching us about how to to talk about ourselves and how to pray to God. Rather than continually flatter ourselves and self-righteous pride and boasting, we need to be honest about our sins and weaknesses, hating them as we see them in our lives and confessing them to God and to one another. That's the difference between those who remain in their sins under the wrath of God and those who know the Lord with upright hearts who take refuge in the shadow of his wings like we read about in verses 10 and 7. And so we read the psalm and it makes us ask the question for ourselves. Do we use our words to cause trouble or to build up our neighbor? We'll see more of that in Ephesians 4 this afternoon. Are we being honest and wise and good when we are speaking to one another? Are we failing to completely reject evil and so take our stand, and rather take our stand on a path in a way that is good, rather than taking defensive positions. We are to be thankful when the Lord points to the sins in our lives, whether it is through his law or through the exhortations of brothers and sisters. It's important to know who we are also when we draw near to the Lord in prayer. A rebuke can save our lives because it will lead us directly through humble repentance into the overwhelming joy of knowing the steadfast love of our God shown to us in Jesus Christ our Lord. In Him we receive the delights in the Lord's steadfast love. 
Then we get to verse 5 of the psalm and you see that, that shift from insights into our sinful nature into the description of the steadfast love of our God. The word steadfast means unfailing, unconditional, and rock solid. Though everything else in the world that we build up seems to, to keep crumbling, God's love is steadfast because it is related to who He is and the promises that He has made in the covenant with believers and their children. There is a connection between His steadfast love and His faithfulness, both of which are praised in Psalm 36 together. In His steadfast love, He is completely committed, completely loyal to the people whom He chose to bind to Himself. His love, says Psalm 36, it's, it's out of this world. It's, it's a love that's in the heavens. And His faithfulness is so immense and expansive that it reaches up to the skies. Verse 5. There is no limit to the steadfast love of God. No job is too big. No person is too small. The steadfast love of the Lord is like the heat of the sun that influences everything that it comes into contact with. And standing right beside His love and His faithfulness, we see in verse 6 that His righteousness is like the mighty mountains and all their strength and immovable majesty. The next time you, you drive through the mountains or, 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 or you go and you see or you climb in the mountains, you can, you can think of God's righteousness being compared to those mountains and His judgments as profound and beyond our comprehension as the great deep. The Lord saves man and beast, we see in Psalm 36. He is their creator. He gives life and breath and everything else, says Paul in Acts 17. And by His grace, we may call this God in all His steadfast love and majesty our Father in Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ may sing, How precious is your steadfast love, O God, verse 7. The word for precious describes something that is unlike anything else, and yet it's very valuable, it's very important, it's very weighty. It changes everything in our lives. The steadfast love of the Lord is a holy love. That is so unlike anything we see anywhere else in, in this fallen sinful world that it simply lifts us up and, and His love overwhelms us to the point of filling us up completely. Psalm 36 describes that being filled up, completely satisfied and even more. Although we know and we confess that we are undeserving sinners, because of God's steadfast love towards us, it is possible for us to take refuge in the shadow of His wings. Just like a little chick might seek warmth and protection under the wings of a mother hen. Well, John chapter 1 reveals that God did this when He sent His only Son into the world to rescue us from the wrath of God that we deserve for our sins. And so the gospel message is, in Christ there is life. In your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there is life. 
Do you feel the joy of that gospel warming your heart right now as it comes into contrast with all the struggles that we face in our lives? Do you see how precious the Lord's mercy is for us in this world of darkness? In him was life, and the life, this life was the light of, of all people, of men. His light brings insight. His light brings delight. The Lord Jesus explains in John 10, verse 10b, that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. That was the display text we saw on the walls. We were walking in or gathering in our place this today. Perhaps our Lord Jesus was thinking of Psalm 36, verses 8 to 9, when he spoke of the abundant life, where life in the shadow of the Lord's grace is described as the most amazing banquet that could ever be imagined. The word for feasting has the sense of filling ourselves up on the abundance of the Lord's house. Having the Lord himself completely satisfying our thirst with drink from the river of delights. That's what it means to be a Christian, member of Christ's body. But both expressions celebrate the glorious blessings of, of purpose and joy and fulfillment and satisfaction that are enjoyed by those who faithfully seek to carry out the mission that the Lord has given. With the Lord is the fountain of life. Not through cryonic and life extension research that the rich are so focused on nowadays, but through fellowship with him that continues for all eternity in Jesus Christ who conquered death and the grave through the fellowship with Christ that we celebrate in the sacrament of Lord's Supper. We see that fountain of life. When the Lord draws near to his church in grace, well, the darkness and the shadows disappear. And we grow in our understanding of the depths and the riches of God's grace. This is where we want to be. And that's why the psalm ends with the Christian's prayer, Abide with me. Verse 10, continue your steadfast love to those who know you. We know the difference very well. We want arrogance to stay away from us. We want to be humble. We want to live in the love of God. The last verses speak of those what happens to those who oppose the Lord? They're thrust down. They're unable to rise. But those who take refuge in the Lord may live with joy and delight in the life of eternal life. Praise the Lord that you may also celebrate life and light in Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll now sing together our praise uh, of this light Psalm 36, stanza 3, standing if you're able to stand. <clears throat> 